I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, we're going to meet Paul Ishii. Paul started off in one of the most famous Rotary groups of all, Seattle Four, and now makes his home in Federal Way. In other words, he went from over 700 members to a lovely 30-member group. Hmm. While he was at Seattle Four, he also was the first person of color to be president of that famous group. And that's just one of the many stories that Paul shared with me this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's so wonderful to have you join us. Paul Ishii is uh, joining me today, and he's going to give us a little bit of background about his life in Rotary. Uh, one of our past Rotary guests, Molly Carney, drug him along to uh, do our, our questions. And so um, thank you, Molly, for getting Paul to the show. Paul is actually a member of Federal Way right now, but he, much like Molly, was part of Seattle for that gigantic club. And now he's decided to shop local a little bit with his Rotary group. So welcome, Paul. Uh, hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being hey. with me. You're welcome. And can I say, did I do the, did I do the last name? How'd I do? You did just right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yay. I tell you, you know, a Joneses and Smiths would make my job much more easier, but that's okay. I like it. Well, so thank you for being on the podcast. We're going to talk about, um, you're going back and forth from a, a big club to a little club to adventures in Mongolia. For, for those of us who are only hearing this, uh, his picture, Paul's picture, is an awesome picture of him on a mountaintop in, Mag- in uh, uh, Mongolia. So, wow, we'll have to hear about that, too. But let's start with that, with that uh, question that everybody knows and loves who listens to the podcast, which is real easy. What's your earliest recollection of Rotary, and what's your first experience? How did you get to know the organization? Well, I think, like many Rotarians... My father was a member. Really? And he would go to these strange meetings once a week. <laughs> in a suit. In a suit. And tie? And he won a set of golf club irons. Must have been at some auction luncheon thing. Right. And he didn't play golf, so he gave me, he gave me the irons that he won. So... Uh, <clears throat> that introduced me to golf, but that was my first recollection, first memory of Rotary. Well, I, I am very saddened <laughs> to say the majority of people who are Rotary members now do not have family in Rotary. So to hear that you're yeah. a second generation, uh, congratulations. And are you still an avid golfer? Yes. There you go. So Rotary yes. not only brought you a civics organization, but, yeah. but your, your golf yeah. addiction, right? It got me into the world of golf. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Yeah. So then what made you first want to want to join Rotary once you got to be an adult? Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, my first recollection, so that was high school, right? Okay. High school, college. So <clears throat> many years went by. Um, because, uh, 
of my work. I was uh, in the hotel business, so I traveled and got transferred to many places uh, overseas and and in the U.S. So um, the part of being transferred all the time, I think I may have been transferred 12, 15 times. Wow. Was you never put down any roots in any mm. city you're in. So uh, Rotary. Almost like a military kid. Like a military kid. So Rotary yeah. was like, forget it. It was the last thing that would be on my mind to do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I got, I came back to Seattle because my father was ill and because that was my hometown. So I worked for a small hotel and it was uh, owned by a family and there was only one. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get transferred anywhere. So my wife and I decided to stay in Seattle, raise our family, and um, a friend of mine said, you should probably join the downtown club. And I says, yeah, that makes sense mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't going to get transferred in a year or two. Right. So I figured, yeah, this would be a great way to put some roots down and get to know the community. And uh, so it was a great idea. And we've actually, and, uh, so that would be Seattle Four. We actually had yeah. their, their president on not too long ago. Oh, cool. So um, that's a big club. It is. So I think when I joined, it was probably 700, 600 plus wow. members. So it was, it was not your typical role. It was an association. Yeah, I was going to say. More than a club, yeah. When you, could, when you can fill, the, fill a small theater, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. There were only then only a few venues that we could meet at because it was so big. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah. then, you know, that was ooh, about 19 years ago. So, so, and you are now, you said in Federal Way, which is yeah. uh, outside of Seattle now. Correct. And so you've gone from a club that at one time had 700 some odd members to how many members are in your club today? Uh, maybe 30, 40. Okay. So about, yeah. about the same size as mine and yeah. pros cons. Uh, my first order club was Seattle. So that's all I, that's all that I was used to. So coming to a small one, you know, it's like moving from Manhattan to, to, I don't know, better way. <laughs> and, and so the there's not as many members the the programs are different you know it's more hands-on mm -hmm. uh so it's it's it took me a while to get used to i'm still getting used to it oh yeah uh, yeah and uh uh you know big church small church whatever right so um well just uh, the whole infrastructure yeah. of it is totally different Totally from different. one to the effort. Right. And it's, it's not as formal. Uh, the downtown was, well, when I first joined, it was quite formal. Uh, you know, pretty much a suit and tie was expected. Um, over the, even over the 20 years I was a member there, even that finally got relaxed. Did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The last 20 years when I was there, a lot changed. Um, with that club downtown. Um, so um, that was interesting to see. 
But the smaller club, you know, again, hands-on, not as formal. Um, you know, you get to know who the members are quite quickly. When you you can't quite dodge things when they ask for volunteers because you know six hundred people you can dodge. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that's a I never you know. That's so funny because I both, like I said, I've talked to their current president and I've talked to Molly and I never thought of it that way. That's like, you know, when they ask for volunteers, you can kind of shimmy over to the left because they have 400 and some yeah. odd other people that they can find the, yeah. the six volunteers for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, the, lar the downtown club, there were, it was so large, there were these tables called early leavers <clears throat> and they were near the end of the room because uh those are people it, that were cutting out yeah you could cut out <laughs> and uh it was nice to do because you could cut out without disturbing the you know the program of the lecture so well, uh yeah know, but the, so the trick is to so I was going to say that the trick is to not to sit in one of those tables not all the time. Then you get a yeah, reputation of being. Right. Sure. <laughs> so then from big club to small club, what does a, being a Rotarian mean to you? Since um, you've done it for so many years now. Yeah. Well, I think it, it means a lot. I think it's a, it's not an instant thing, you know. I would have to say, especially being a member of a larger club, it took at least a couple of years to one meet friends to get used to it mm -hmm. um, and to understand uh, what Rotary was all about. And I think, and you've heard this probably tons of times, the way you find out about Rotary is joining a committee. Right. And, um, you know, the Seattle Four, the committees were the size of clubs, you know. Somewhere 30, 40, 50 members in a committee. But that, that's where I really got to understand the club better mm -hmm. was doing committee work. And so and it's, it's funny because I think people sometimes kind of, I don't know if I want to volunteer. I'm just willing to yeah. come to meetings. But it, I've heard this from many people now that if you really want to know a rotary group, join a committee. Yeah, you totally have to do that. And so I joined the committee, several committees here and there, and then, then I was asked to be a board member and on and on. So, so a board member with hundreds of people, that's, yeah. that's, that's almost like being a board member of a company, wouldn't it, you it, say? It was. You had to be proposed and you had to, it was an election. There was a voting with your picture on it and ballots and, all that so the, stuff. So that's very interesting. So to, to run for the board in Seattle, I mean, because I, yeah. I assume it's much different in federal way, but to run for oh, a board, it is not picked by the president. You actually run for the positions? You, yeah, that's right. And, and generally, sometimes it'd be several candidates per open spot. I've and never heard of that before. I, yeah. I only say that because I am, I am president-elect for my club, uh, as my listeners know. And yeah. I was told that I have a certain amount of time and I need to start reaching out to people of yeah. who I would like. 
So you're saying the club, does the club vote for the president as well? Or is there a committee that picks the president? Excuse me. Is well, yeah. The president there's picked the, as well. Yeah. On? Well, there's this nominating committee. Right. That would convene and had a special makeup of board members, past presidents, executive director. Uh, and it was quite a process in uh, picking uh, the president elect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of Ouija boardish, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it did take a consensus of this nominating committee. And <clears throat> then it was announced to the club. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's and then, done. And then so that's firm. done pretty the traditional way at your club. It's just yeah. the board that seems to be a different the board was pretty much elected. And, and it was, you know, you would run and there'd be losers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so that was kind of interesting because uh, as thing over the 20 years, as the club got smaller and changed, you know, there mm -hmm. probably were a lot of people that didn't want to run uh, because ah. they may have run before and have lost several times hmm. uh, for reasons no one would ever understand you know right because a lot of these people you didn't even know it was like voting for a judge <laughs> right know? okay all right yeah. so so you're voting for somebody to be on your board that you may have never ever met because Which a lot of people may not know very well because there was no um there was no process where you went up there and did a speech or anything like that right so wow. it was just such a, it was such a big club um, that's anyway to get back to yeah it was it took it was complicated association or club right. mm -hmm. and so uh, it taught you a lot about you know chemistry of a of a large organization well, that's amazing um, but there's a lot of things they could do because they were big I mean incredible things well that, yeah. Yeah, and that, and that brings me to my next question, which is talking about some inspirational moments. And I know you've, you have such a vast difference in your new club, yeah. but has there, been, has there been some moments either in Seattle for or now in Federal Way that you can remember as just amazingly inspirational in your rotor career? Is there, is there something that just sticks out that it's just you still smile when you think about it? Yeah, I'd say... Um Federal Way Club is still kind of new for me, and mm -hmm. uh, so. But the the Seattle Four One, um, I would say the 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 memories, the good memories, were the fact. Well, that uh, I, I had the the pleasure of being their president, and um, I was the first person of color. In its hundred and six year history, maybe. Wow. By then, yeah. And the amount of support I had from the members there was just incredible. Um, and I learned so much. And so that's probably was the most inspirational was kind of the leaders that were members there were incredible and they were so willing to share uh their experiences and just you know they're always there to support you it was incredible um wow. and many of these things were stuff that you couldn't you couldn't get at work right um yeah 
it was something you could only get there. So um, it was amazing. So that was, I'd say the most rewarding thing was, was that. Was being, and so I, so that is pretty impressive that you were the first president of color and that they didn't. Yeah. And, and I would say that nowadays that almost seems like something that would be, that wouldn't even be thought of. And I, and I love that too, that, that, that your, that your accomplishment is no longer a big deal is something that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was, um, yeah, and this is probably yet it should be respected. Yet it, you know, and it, it is. Yeah. We. Uh, I also talked to Sharon Edberg, who is a Rotarian on Mercer Island, who was the first female president. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, and now I don't even. Now we don't think of either of those things. So, and I, right. I think it's good to remember. Right. It, it is, and I think even seven, eight, nine years, whatever this was, we didn't really, you know play it up <laughs> um, because that really wasn't, I think the purpose, but, but a lot of people in the community and a lot of people in the club understood. Um, that they were making a bit of history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I understood it too. Um, but for Seattle, for being such a diverse city, it, it still was quite a surprise mm-hmm. saying, you know, it took 106 years to do that. Wow. And uh, a really good point. Um, yeah. We were also not the first, but one of the first clubs to have a, a woman president and also a woman member in the U.S. Not the first one, but, and then someone, uh, then I asked, well, when did the first woman member join? Mm-hmm. And I thought the answer would be like 1952 or something, right? Right. No. 1986. Yeah. Isn't that amazing. Not long ago. <laughs> that isn't that long. I know it's in both of our both of our lifetimes for sure. And yeah. I think the closest we came to were these wonderful ladies called Rotary Bettys. Um, uh-huh. But that you know were basically some Rotary wives that were like, "Oh no, you do oh. not get to go to this conference and yeah. go play oh, yeah. and yeah. have no, That's right. no." So That's right. <laughs> our first Rotary feminists were a bunch of of housewives that said no. I can I can be in the civics organization yeah. too. So, oh, absolutely, awesome. And then you know, overseas, depending upon where what country, it's still like whoa. We do, you know. yeah. There are some, and and that that's that's a interesting segue because we are an international, we are an international, a yeah. uh, uh, wonderful organization. But we are in all different countries that have all different points of views and all different right. laws and all different, right. you know, circumstances. And so we still do have clubs that are 100% men. Oh, but, yeah. but, but interestingly enough, we also have some clubs, uh, including a club I'm going to talk to in South Africa. That's 100% women. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> so, it's, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, one of the biggest things that we have in Rotary, no matter if it's a, a small club or a big club or a new club or an old club, we do right. base it off of this four-way test. Yes. And what does that four-way test mean to you? Some people have a very internal yeah. experience with it. Some people have a very external. Some people use it with right. their business. Some people use it with their parenthood. Yeah. What does the four-way test mean to you? It means to me that, 80 to 90% of the people I meet would fail it. 
<laughs> really? Okay. All right. And I'm being and I'm being a little, you know. Are you being a slightly facetious? Are you? <laughs> yeah. I am. I am. But a lot of people would would fail it. And how does well? And especially and when, especially when I look at a lot of the political stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know, most of them wouldn't become wouldn't be eligible to be a Rotarian if you wow. base that test. That's so, an interesting uh, thought in these in yeah. these very in, in the very interesting days. Yeah. So does that make you kind of a four-way test belief, like police officer kind of person? Or do you find yourself going, okay, they're not even close to taking number one or number three, yeah. so I'm going to blank them out? Well, I think it's, it's just something that um, it's just always in my mind that it's a tough test and it's an ongoing test. You know, it's not a, pass fail once you you have to take it all the time and sometimes you do better than you know other times no one's perfect that's for damn sure but it just goes to sh it just kind of reminds me that it's uh it's tough to to do and uh uh there's a lot of distractions in life and and some people i think pass it and then some people fail it uh off and on so, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to say, you know, put someone through the rigor of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <clears throat> it just seems like it's a good thing to have, a good thing to abide by. But it also, I think, is a lot harder. In reality, a lot of people can't pass it. Let's just put it that way. So then it, it so are do you say do you use the the everybody are you look are you looking at a total umbrella so are you including rotarians in this that you feel Well that maybe rotar you know rotarians aren't perfect and I speak for myself but you know is it the truth? I mean, how many people are speaking the truth these days? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would have to admit that I am my own Fails. worst four-way <laughs> test cop going, well, is it the, yeah. the best for both yeah. concerns? I don't know. I'm yeah. not getting my way, so I don't know if it's yeah. the best. And then we're all, members, we're all members of this community, which is called the United States. Right. And then you got the next one. Is it fair to all concern? Right. Fail. <laughs> Fail. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know. You know, and so you just kind of go, hmm. And how hmm. do you build good friendships with people that sometimes yeah. it's a, you know, trust and good friendship and That's stuff. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so I think they're good. They're good guidelines. And again, it's a test and it, they're just good reminders. Um, but, for self-checking uh, and then I, I find myself when I see somebody who is clearly not following the four-way test, I have to... Yeah. I, I have to kind of go, well, you know, how many times, yeah. have, you know, I got to, I got to like stop living in my glass house when it comes to the four-way test sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, you got to be a realist. You know, Absolutely. If you applied it to everyone, you wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So maybe, maybe the fifth principle is forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's a real good point. I think that should probably be in there. Yeah. Cause you know, not only to ourselves, but to others. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I like that. 
so then it leads us to our other motto, which is that service above self. And some yeah. people have explained that service above self is you give the service in spite of yourself. And then I've had That's it described right. as, well, I need to put the oxygen mask on myself so then I can ah. serve others. Yeah. So how do, what, is that, what do those slogans mean to you? Uh, you know, I think uh, it's a good good motto to go by, um, but it's also something that has to be learned and, and taught, you know, because some folks <clears throat> need to be exposed to, to service. And I think that's the good thing about Rotary because there's some folks that want to give but don't know how to do it. So um, Rotary is a good organization to belong to because you probably will be able to find not only systems, but people to help you do that. You know, they might be someone there to help you become a board member or help you become more service conscious because of the programs mm -hmm. or a committee you belong to. So um, that, that's what it helped me do because I wanted to be part of the community, but how do you do it? Right. And uh, so when I belonged to Seattle 4, I went, oh, okay, I, I understand it better than I could meet people to help teach me how to do it better. So that's kind of what it meant to me is there's a way to do it, and uh, it takes time, and I think um, you kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. it, it, you got to know, know thyself to find out what the service above self is, right? Yeah. Okay. That and just how to do it. So now that you've, now that you've uh, had, you've done your travels, have you traveled yeah. to any other rotary clubs like around the world or have you been? Well, yeah, I went to one in Phuket, Thailand, but it was closed because it was during that tidal wave. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one hopes all of the Rotarians were fine. Yeah. <laughs> then there was one in Switzerland um, that I was invited to go to, but but I was on a skiing trip and you had to dress up and all this kind of stuff. So it was a very formal group. Yeah. And it was men only. And I said, forget it. I'd rather do something else. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> we just we just talk about service above self, but I'm like, but yeah. now nah, wait a second. Yeah. Well, you got to be truthful to yourself too. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other clubs that you've attempted to go to? Because um, so far you've told me about two, and you see. haven't gone to either one of them. So yeah. <laughs> I don't go to too many other clubs. Um, well, that's okay. Outside of the, you know. Four and federal way. There's not too, yeah, yeah, very few. That's funny, and and technically yeah. you haven't visited those others, so you've been you've been yeah. kind of a homebody. That's okay. I, I love been, it. Kind of been, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. since there's so many clubs that are so different, even though we both, yes. since we all use That's the wheel, um, yeah. what do you think is the impression of Rotary to the rest of the world? Uh, I think it's getting a lot better. Um, Do you? But it still has that stereotype. And what, what's the stereotype to you? Oh, jeez. It's not as mysterious as, let's say, the 
the masons, the masons or yeah. stuff like that. But uh, it still kind of has this old staunchy thing. Uh, all males, um, you know, white men, that kind of thing. I got asked if I was if I was a member of the club that were the fezes. And I'm like, no, yeah. those are the Shriners, but I think those hats are awesome. But we yeah, don't, well, think, no, that's not yeah. us. Those, those hats, there's a lot of people who don't understand these, you know, these, for what I would have to say fraternal, because before they were mostly all men, right? And you'd see these symbols outside of these small towns, a thing that looks like a gear, and another thing that looks like, you know, the measuring line. instruments, yeah. right? For the and so and people then, would just go, "What the hell are these things?" And so, um, you know, there's still a lot of that. So, but you know, we all know that Rotary's trying to change that, but uh, and they are, but it's going to take a long time. You think a long time? Oh, well, totally. And I, I once you dig into it, you understand it. But you know, yeah. there's been a hundred year history of of being the same. So that's, that takes a long time to, to adjust. So you're kind of saying that they're, that some of the stereotype is their own fault. I mean, stereotypes. Oh, totally. I often, cause I often say, you know, that every lie has this little bit of truth in it somewhere. Yeah. Okay. That's so right. every stereotype has some amount, yeah. even if it's minute fractional point, yeah of what we deserve so well have so, you heard of the boy scouts of america absolutely bankrupt yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of organizations that had signals that they should have changed a while back but you know they're they're their own worst enemy mm -hmm. by the time they got to do it too late yeah it's too late well too and late. But what I think is something is that that has always been very fascinating to me is that if you go to Rotary International, there's different colors and different shapes and different, different. Uh, orientations and different, you know, hijabs right. and all kinds of wonderful things. And somehow when it trickles down to your local Rotary group, all of a sudden we turn into 60 plus year old white men. So where does where does that trickle down stop i mean how come it doesn't make it all the way down well i think it just that boils down to what kind of club you belong to i think this puget sound area is a unique area that's why we live here mm -hmm. and there's a lot of diversity in puget sound no matter what club you belong to <laughs> right you know again i'm generalizing but it's an area that tends to be a lot more tolerant and accepting Mm -hmm. period so i think a lot of our local rotary clubs are different i mean we're lucky they're not your typical rotary club a lot of folks in puget sound are well traveled mm -hmm. um a lot of them are very international based you know a lot of our projects are international mm -hmm. you know you have one of the largest concentrations of world health organizations public health in Seattle, so I just, I just think we're we're in our little bubble, as well. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so it, I, I think that's something. I think that's why PI as a position was introduced uh, through Rotary International because there's there's a disconnect somewhere. 
somewhere yeah. it trickles down and somehow it it goes to some clubs and it seems to look yeah. very much like the rotary and then right. you go to some and it doesn't right. look anything like ri right and it's such a huge organization and a lot of these clubs represent their own communities right so I mean, how I many different to... languages how many different yeah. customs how many different oh, yeah. Like how, right. how to, how to have an international organization and yeah. not have hiccups, I guess is an impossible oh, task. Totally. <laughs> when I went to my first international convention, I went, Oh my God, this thing's huge. Yeah. And so you go, geez, criminy. It's quite a, it's quite the system going on here. <laughs> Well, I think we do get a few blinders on, if you think about it, especially in North America. I think we kind of put those blinders on, and before yeah. we know it, we're only we're only speaking to maybe two or three Rotary clubs that are next to us. Yeah. We're definitely not associating ourselves with RI, and we're definitely right. not talking to anybody, you know, That's right. around the world. And so, and so a lot of clubs, you know, going to that international convention is kind of one of the, one of the re suggested requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, before you become a president of your club, and it's a good idea. I can see why why they do that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think it it lets people know that uh -huh. they're not alone. That's right, <laughs> and they get to see how that it's a large, very large organized system. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, amazing. Yeah. So then, how is it different? How is Rotary different? today than when mm. you joined and i know we uh, talked about a yeah. few things like women being in it or sure. you being a, a president of color but like right what what's one of the major things you can think of that's really changed since you joined well yeah i think one um not panic but you know this has been the talk for years membership declining membership okay and competing competing other competing memberships you know if you're a younger person you know a lot of people say we need younger people and when you look at the history of rotary you know years ago it, they were there were tons of young people in these clubs so you know the pipeline has just gone gotten a little dry so, so what happened did they did they well, quit? are they aging out well, i think there's a lot of young people that aren't necessarily membership based type of people you know, city clubs, golf clubs, you know, a lot of these 20, 30-year-olds, that's just not their thing. Uh, I think a lot of them are very community conscious, but it, but joining a, a club, per se, that, we, that meets every week uh, just doesn't fit their lifestyle. And I think it, thing. and I think it may be a generational thing. I mean, I am, I uh -huh. will be, I'll be 55 next year. And I uh -huh. remember that I was the member of a swim club when I was a kid. Yeah. I was a member right. of Girl Scouts when I was a kid. I went to church when I was a kid. Yeah. I had, so I had, you know, I, I think I was on soccer. So I, yeah. you know, so I had clubs and Girl Scout clubs and civics organizations. And I, I think it may be a ripple effect. If we don't have boys club anymore, if we don't have the Girl yeah. Scouts or the Boy Scouts anymore, right. we don't have, then there isn't a necessary progression to then move to a civics organization. Yeah. Well, now you got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and 50 other things. 
that are <clears throat> kind of filling in that social connection kind of thing. You know, Isn't that you, funny? Because there's have, groups on yeah. Facebook. So you're, you're joining oh, yeah. a Facebook group, but we can't get yeah. you to join a rotary group. <laughs> right. But it, it's not, you can just delete it though. Ah, <laughs> that's know. a very valid point. You can opt out, can't you? Only opt out. And there isn't too many garbage pickups and, you know, nope. on the side of the road on a, on a rainy afternoon that yeah. you have to do with your Facebook knitting group. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, a lot of the fundraising too, a lot, a lot of folks will say, I have a thousand dollars to give, but I'm going to give a hundred dollars to 10 organizations uh, rather than a thousand to one organization. Um, so that's kind of a, new format too yeah so that's i know i know ri all of us we're trying our best but mm -hmm. um that's my biggest well then notice, um observation this is the demographics and the sustainability of u.s clubs you know a lot some clubs overseas are growing like crazy the continent of africa they're growing in leaps and bounds in fact yeah. I, we've we've talked to several um we've done several podcasts in three or four different countries uh -huh. um, from ghana to malawi and it's almost thought of as is is prestigious that if that That's if you right. are in a That's rotary right. group you show that pin one of our guests was like well i i wear my pin and it's amazing how many people, you know, mm -hmm. give me a great table at a restaurant or how many oh, yeah. people that it's almost like a secret organization that if you that's are right. a member of Rotary. That's right. It's kind of, that's kind of the way it was here too. Eons ago. And it's but, just kind um, of casualed itself out. Yeah. It, well, yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um, but you know, that international thing, um, a lot of these countries where they're where the economics are growing and you know um, these kind of organizations that <clears throat> get professionals together you know it's they're growing and and uh, it's filling a niche that probably wasn't there before so it's almost like they are us 50 60 years ago yeah there Got you it. go okay there I get go. it yeah. So then how can we, with, with just a few more questions, and I, I thank you yeah. so much for your time today. It's like, so what, what do you think we can do to grow? Is it too little too late? Are we just going to, is the United States just going to be, a, or North America, I should say, just are they going to kind of die out slowly and yeah. other groups internationally are going to take over? You know, I always try to be positive just because, you know, I was into this real deep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I have to tell you, personally, I, th I think it's going to be tough. Do you? You know, it's going to be a struggle. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the solution is. They've tried a lot, right? We've tried mm -hmm. a lot. But. Um, there's got to be, there's got to be a secret sauce somewhere. We're just yeah, not sure what or, it is. or, you know, maybe RI, um, I think they know this too. They may be concentrating more internationally as well. I mean, there's, there's a lot of global companies in our country that have started here, but most of their revenues are made overseas now. Right. Yeah. 
That's interesting. So that could be the thing that RI has to do, or maybe he's doing already. Maybe. Maybe. Well, then on that positive, happy note, yeah. I do have one more question for you. <laughs> and I, and uh, I, I do have one more question for you. And I think it's, it's, it's probably the, uh, you know, coming off of these last questions, but I think you can handle it. And that is yeah. the, the classic elevator pitch. So if, if somebody came up to you and they saw you with your rotary pin, and like you said, you've been in big clubs, you've been in small clubs, yeah. you've, you know, been around rotary for a very long time, why would I want to be a Rotarian? What would you say to mm. somebody interested in being a Rotarian? Well, you know, that's, that's a tough question for me because <clears throat> my response would, would be different depending upon who it is. Um, you know, I, 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 if it had to be a one-liner and it was a real super fast elevator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, one yeah. of those ones that take up the space needle, you know, those ones that go yeah. really fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that, you know, um, I would say you want to join Rotary because it teaches you, uh, you know, leadership skills and uh, skills to be a good community citizen. And that'd be, that would be my spiel. Um, I think people need to learn how to become or be a good citizen. And does Rotary help I, you become a good citizen? I think so. Do you? Yeah. I do too. It takes time, you know, patience. But <clears throat> it, it does help you do that. It works. It's, it's funny. It's that there's an old uh, AA quote that says it works if you work it. And yeah. And maybe we can bring that over not only to friends of was it Bill yeah. or Bob or whatever, but That's everybody right. to just say if you, it works if you work it. If you if yeah. you really want to be a good citizen, it means you got to yeah. work on the four way test. It means you got to work right. on, you know. So come yeah. join Rotary and learn how to. Yeah, and you need to say it these days without sounding like an Amway pitch. You know, now you are that, dating yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because that stuff uh, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> right. Then Join and us. Now. Yeah, exactly. So, and a lot of folks just, you hear that, boing, they're out of there. I would mm -hmm. too. I would so, too. Absolutely. Oh, totally, totally, totally you know, out of there. I, I tell people how I got into it. I had a dear friend of mine, George, who was starting a club and he said, yeah come over for a glass of wine with a bunch of my friends. We're going to have a meeting at cocktail hour and I'll buy a glass, yeah. buy a glass of wine. And I was like, okay. And I showed yeah. up and he informed me he was making a rotary group. That's yeah. how he got us in there. And I didn't yeah. know what rotary was. I had no well, idea. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. you know, George still occasionally buys me a glass of wine, but it there was, it was a rotary club at cocktail hour though. We don't meet it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't meet in the morning. So yeah. Well, Paul, thank okay. you so much for making time for me. I know you sure, have a – I, I actually really appreciate your honesty about the membership, about what's going on. Um, I hope we find a secret sauce. I myself love being a Rotarian, and I would hate to have it go the way of the Boy Scouts or others that didn't yeah. see the signs and work on it. You know what yeah, I mean? I think, yeah, I think we, you know, may not be secret sauce, but some surgery, you know, 
some surgery, better diet, lose a few pounds. Yeah, better and diet, and, and it <laughs> won't. And it'll be like it won't be the same as before. No, we'll follow this diet and regimen, and you know, <clears throat> we'll still be able to plug along. But you ain't going to be running any more marathons. <laughs> no, but you can still have some chocolate and wine if you're a good girl or boy. That's right. There yeah, you go. Be, yeah, and also <laughs> accepting the terms, accepting what it is, and going from there. You know, don't. You know. That's a great point. Except, except Just where accept. you're, except where you're at, and then you can figure out where you're going to go. That's right. right. Yeah, awesome. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you well, for your this time is great today, interview, Paul. Gwen. Thanks oh, for doing this. Appreciate thank it. you, thank you, yeah. and I and and thank Pretty you, cool. Molly, for uh, for making yeah. it happen. <laughs> thank right. you, Molly. I love Molly. She's cool. Yeah. Okay. Bye, right. Paul. Thank you so much. All right, Gwen. Bye, bye. And yes, thank you, Molly Carney, for introducing me to Paul. He was really, really interesting. And he was really honest and straightforward. I mean, what do you think, fellow Rotarians? Do you think he had some good points? Did he have some general concerns that you might agree with or even disagree with? I hope this particular podcast made you think. Because Paul certainly made me think. And, by the way, I did, after the interview, have a little chocolate and a lovely glass of wine. All right, then. You know the drill. If you know somebody who would be on my podcast that you think would be as thought-provoking as Paul, do let me know. Rotarianpod at gmail.com is how you get a hold of me. And, of course, tell others about the podcast. Have them download and subscribe. That, as you well know, makes it easier for others to find us. So then, until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. Please wear a mask and stay socially distant. And we'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody.